How you guys doing? Wow. Well, if you weren't awake yet, now you are. All right, so uh, did you guys enjoy the cereal? Okay, just out of curiosity, who had what? Like who had which? We were saying you could tell a lot, by, a lot about a person by what cereal they choose. So I didn't have any. So you guys have to tell me, like, what was the best? Crickets. All right, so no fans of cereal. All right, so here's the pressing question of the night. Is cereal soup? It's got to be hot to be soup? I don't know. I don't know. Is a hot dog a sandwich? All right. These are the questions that, uh, that haunt us. These are the things that keep some of you up at night. I know. Okay. All right. Well, hey, welcome to Genesis. Uh, my name is Mike, and I'm the pastor here. And uh, at Genesis, we believe in having open doors and open hearts. And so I hope that when you came through the door tonight that you felt comfortable and invited. And I also hope that you came with an open heart because you've been prayed and prepared for. And we know when you come here on a Tuesday that you're going to have an experience with God. And so we're glad you're here. This month is a, a special one at Genesis because we are doing a fundraiser for Mission Hope, which is an organization that we're partners with through which we sponsor two villages in Nicaragua. And we're doing our part on the Genesis budget on our side to uh, cut costs. So that's why we had cereal tonight. That's why every t-shirt you buy, every hoodie you buy or journal you buy, it all goes towards the fundraiser. And, uh, and so because we're doing that, we're asking you to do the same, to maybe skip a Starbucks run this month or skip a cookout run this month and, and bring the, the five, 10 bucks on a Tuesday night to give to this fundraiser. And at the end of the month, I think we could easily give over $1,000 to Mission Hope. That's just if everybody just brought $10 throughout the month, just one time, a one-time $10 thing. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's just, it would be amazing. And I know, like I've said this before, but it's not the small or the, the few big donations. It's the it's the many small donations that add up and really make a difference. And so this money goes to aid in efforts for clean water, health and wellness, and of course the spread of the gospel in these areas. And so when we pass over that check to Mission Hope, you'll be able to say, I played a part in that. Like you're making a difference in the world when you give to this. And so I think we can get behind that. Also, uh, coming up this Thursday is episode two of the Genesis Continued podcast. And so I know, yeah, so I know you guys, I heard a lot of good things about last month when we talked about dating and relationships, and so that was, that was great, and so this month we're talking about purpose, and, uh, and it's incredible, it's, it's really good, so uh, that's coming up this Thursday. So, as I said earlier, my name is Mike, but my, my full first name is Michael, which is probably not a huge surprise, right? A huge surprise, and, uh, but the thing, the, the, the thing about my name is that it's spelled a little weird, uh, so the normal spelling of Michael is M-I-C-H-A-E-L, or in my name, the A and the E are switched, and so it's M-I-C-H-E-A-L, and you would not believe the amount of problems that it has caused me in my life, okay? So, I'll t- and I'll give you a couple of examples, okay? When I was in college, I had, one of the papers that I had to write, I had a cover page with my name on it, and like Michael Woodard, 
And I got the paper back and it was graded and the professor had circled my first name and taken points off because he thought that I spelled my name wrong, thought it was a typo. And so I took it to him and I was like, no, this is really how you spell my name. And he was like, oh, okay, sorry. And he fixed it. Another example, um, when I graduated from uh, Charleston Southern, they do like this brick program there where when you're a senior, you can pay like 20 bucks and for a limited amount of time, you get your name on a brick and and basically it commemorates your graduation, right? And they put it on campus on this walkway. Well, when I was a senior, I wanted to get a brick. And so I filled out the paperwork, paid the money. And a little bit later, I got a, a thing in the mail, like a letter in the mail. And they wanted to confirm that they had my name spelled right before they engraved it forever on this stone. And, and so they actually had my first and last name spelled wrong. And I was, so I called them and I was like, no, that's not how you spell it. And I had them fix both of them. And they're like, okay, cool, got it. Fast forward like a couple months later, and I'm on campus and I'm walking and I get to the walkway where the bricks are. And sure enough, there's my brick with Michael spelled wrong, uh, of course. And so it's like, do you not even, do you not believe me? Like when I say that my name is spelled this way. And so it's funny now to me, and that's why I mostly go by Mike to avoid the confusion. Um, and so I don't know about you, but, but your name is probably your favorite word. It's probably your favorite sound. It's something that you've always known. It's what people know you by. It's your identity. And so tonight, as we continue our series through Romans chapter 8, we're going to find some incredible truth about your identity. And my hope is that tonight you leave knowing more about Christ and more about who you are in Christ. So let me pray, and then we will get going. God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for bringing us here. I thank you for the cereal that we ate. I thank you for giving us an opportunity to hang out. And, uh, and so tonight, I pray as we, as we open your word and, and hear you speak to us tonight, God, I pray that it would not fall on deaf ears, but instead, God, it would fall on open hearts and that we would uh, be closer to you on the way out tonight than we were coming in. In Jesus' name, we all said together, amen. Awesome. So go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8, and we'll be starting in verse 12 tonight. And as you turn there, I'll give you a quick recap of last week. So last week we read verses 1 through 11, and we saw that, that God, through Jesus, did the work on the scoreboard in our life. He saved us, and, and now because of that, we take our eyes off the scoreboard and put it on the dashboard. And so we try to live in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And we ended on this truth that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of us, and because of that, we have new life, we have new hope, and through that spirit, we can rest in our salvation, but we can't rest in doing good. We can rest in our salvation, but we can't rest in doing what God's called us to do, being who God's called us to be. And so we'll pick right up where we left off last week in verse 12. So this is Romans 8, 12 to 14. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if by the spirit, you put the death, the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so Paul says here that because of the work of Jesus, we are debtors to him, debtors to Jesus, and not debtors to the flesh. And so here's a good way to look at this. Does anybody have student loans out there? Okay, yeah, loud and proud on student loans, right? Okay, so I have student loans, uh, a lot less than I used to, uh, but I still have a ways to go to pay them off. 
And so for now, I am in debt and I am under an obligation to pay back the money that I borrowed. And so Paul says here that we are debtors to Jesus and no longer debtors to the flesh. And another, another translation of this verse says that we have no obligation to, to do what our sinful nature urges us to do. We are no longer indebted to sin, but to Christ. Last week, I mentioned I worked at a rec center one summer. I also worked at Chick-fil-A one summer. Shout out to the Chick-fil-A folks. I know we got some of them in here tonight. And uh, yes, so what Paul is saying here is that though you once worked for the flesh, you don't work for it anymore. It has no power over you anymore. So that would be like Chick-fil-A calling me up right now and saying, hey, we need you to come in and uh, fry some chicken. You know, I'd be like, no, I don't work for you anymore. You know, I'm under no obligation to them. And so Paul is, is telling us that we need to, to have this attitude when it comes to our flesh. That when that sinful temptation comes, when that sinful thought comes, when that sinful feeling comes, because of the spirit of God living in us, we can say, no, I don't work for you anymore. We're no longer tethered to our flesh. We're tethered to Christ. And he continues in verse 14 by saying that all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. And that's our first big identity piece for the night. And so a lot of times, or I try to when, when, I, when I speak to you guys is, I wanna kind of bring you in when I can on the process of how I, either write a message or how I, how I study the Bible, how I get to a certain point. And so I like to bring you guys in on that when I can. And so when I was writing this message, and that's why I'm gonna share what I'm about to share. So I looked at the footnotes of my Bible and also at a study Bible that I have, thinking that when it says sons, that it essentially just means sons and daughters. Usually it does. When you see uh, the word sons in scripture, the footnote will say, sons and daughters. When you see brothers, the footnote will say brothers and sisters. But verse 14 didn't have that footnote. And I wanted to figure out why. Well, in that time, when it came to inheritance, when it came to inheritance and rights to what the father had, the father of the family had, the, the sons had everything. And so the beauty of this, this verse is that though it says sons, Paul is talking to all Christians. And so if you are a female, don't feel excluded because what Paul is saying here is that male or female, you have the rights that a son would have. Does that make sense? Okay, we'll get more into that inheritance a little later on tonight. So let's keep reading. This is verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So Paul continues by saying that we didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we were given the spirit of adoption by God who we call Abba, Father. And I wanted to talk about this verse by itself because these are some, these are some powerful truths. First of all, Paul says that we haven't been given a spirit of slavery that makes us fearful of God's condemnation. And so I wanna ask you tonight, with this in mind, how often do we fall back into this spirit of slavery? Why is it that so often we can find ourselves falling back into the very things that Jesus saved us from? 
Why is it that we always retreat back to that one sin? Why is it that we always retreat back to that habit or that lifestyle? Why do we maintain those things? What, why do we keep going back to that relationship? Why is it that we go back to that website or to uh, that place? You know, it's so, it's so easy to excuse those things and to think, well, you, you know, that's just old habits die hard. That's just the way that I am or, or, or it just makes me feel complete. No, that, that's, that to me sounds like a spirit of slavery and not the spirit of God. And so when you're stuck in the same cycle of mess, it holds you back from living in God's grace. When you're still living in the same old way, doing the same old things, you're still enslaved to the sin, shame, and guilt. But because of Christ, you're not enslaved to those things anymore. You don't have to fear God's condemnation. The the bondage of sin, the the things that used to weigh you down, the, the things that bring shame and guilt, all those things have been defeated. We've been set free, right? Like the, the, the chains are off, the prison door is open. Christ has set us free to remain free, but for some reason we always tend to walk right back into the prison. So you need to hear tonight, we've been set free to remain free and not to fall back into the bondages that we were once in. But not only that, you haven't just been set free from sin and death, but you've also been adopted into the family of God. And that's another identity piece for tonight that you've been adopted into the family of God with no clauses, no conditions, no stipulations, that through faith in Christ, you are fully and completely a part of the family of God. So once you were under this heavy hand of slavery because of sin, but now you're in the loving hands of a father. And that, that word, Abba, that we read in, in the verse, it, it means father, but it's an affectionate version of the word father. It implies this mutual, loving relationship. And so there's a change that takes place. There's a change that takes place. Now we, sh- we should want to live in a way that honors him, but not because we're afraid of upsetting this angry God, but because we're, we don't wanna break our father's heart. There's a change that takes place. And so the significance of spiritual adoption is that we were once outside of the family and now we've been brought in. That we were once outside, once we were, we were once not part of it, but now we are, and not just as this second cousin or redheaded stepchild, but as a son and a daughter. And I also want to acknowledge tonight that I know some of you in here tonight may not have had the best earthly father, and, and some of you may not have had one at all. And so I wanna tell you tonight that, to, to, and I wanna encourage you tonight to not let the, the disappointing image of the earthly father you may have had affect the way you see your heavenly father. Your earthly father may have been abusive in many ways, angry, distant, not interested in you, or completely absent from your life. But you need to know tonight that your father in heaven is full of love, full of patience, and he's fully involved in your life, and he's not going anywhere. Let's keep reading. That's the kind of family you've been adopted into. This is the next two verses. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So Paul continues to say that we are children of God and because we're children of God, that means we're heirs of God, right alongside with Jesus, co-heirs with Christ. And this goes back to that idea of an inheritance that we mentioned earlier. When somebody is an heir, that means that someone has something that they want to pass down and, and, and the heir is the one that gets it. And so if you make somebody an heir, that means you're saying everything that I have 
is yours. Everything that I have is yours. And, and normally that comes with being related, something that is out of the heir's control completely. They were just born. They were in the right place in the right time. They're just part of the family, which from the verses that we just read, we know that we are now part of the family. And so with that in mind, how amazing is it that we are heirs of God right alongside with Jesus himself? How does it feel to have God tell you, everything I have is yours? Mikasa sukasa, the life, the power, the riches, the glory, it's all yours. And we did nothing to earn this. It has nothing to do with our track record, our our credentials or our achievements or our accomplishments, and it has everything to do with his forgiveness and his goodness and his love. We did nothing, but we have everything. And that is true for this life and the next. At the end of verse 17, Paul says that we suffer with Christ and then we are glorified with Christ. And so in this life, in the, in the struggle, in the, the pain, in the, in the brokenness, we are heirs to the peace of God. We are heirs to the power of God, the healing of God, the intervention of God. And then in eternity, we're heirs to eternal life, to glorification. And that just means in eternity, pain's gonna cease, brokenness will cease, no more, time, no more crying, no more pain, and everything will be made right. And so there is hope for now, but there's also hope for later. And because of Jesus, we have all of it. We're heirs to all of it. We did nothing but have everything. So like I said at the beginning of the night, the, the verses we read are significant because they don't just teach us about Christ, but they teach us about who we are in Christ. And, and, and the truths in these, in these verses, they, they shape our identity as believers. And so to summarize tonight, here, here's what we saw tonight. We're gonna put, have it on the screen. You're a child of God. You have the spirit of God. You've been adopted into God's family and you are now a co-heir with Christ. You did nothing but have everything. And so usually, usually when you come here on a Tuesday and, and, and you listen to me speak, I try my best to have at most two things for you to walk away with. Usually I try to get it down to one, but tonight there's five and so I thought, you know what, I'm not gonna like try to make you remember all these. We're gonna put them on the screen, okay? So you're a child of God, you have the spirit of God, you've been adopted into God's family and you're now a co-heir with Christ. You did nothing but have everything. And so to respond tonight, we're gonna, we're gonna have these on the screen, we're gonna keep them on the screen. And I, I just, I, I want them to, to sink in tonight. The, the band's gonna play a song and as they do, I challenge you to read these truths and let them pierce your heart tonight, that, that when you hear that you're a child of God, to know that, like I said, you're not some second cousin, you're not some, uh, you know, stepchild, that you're a son and, or a daughter, and, and there's nothing that's going to take that away from you, that the world may try to call you a lot of things, but the one thing that they can't take away from you, the one thing you can rest on is that you're a child of God, and I also want you to know that leave tonight knowing that you have the spirit of God. That you don't have a spirit to fall back into fear or, or, or fall back into slavery, but uh, one that is tethered to the flesh, but instead a spirit that is tethered to Christ. So when those feelings can come up, you say, flesh, I don't work for you anymore. I'm now a part of the family of God. You've been adopted into God's family. That's another thing I want you to leave knowing tonight. That no matter what happens, no matter, no matter what, how much uh, you, you mess up, no matter what your past looks like, didn't have anything to do with your track record, and had everything to do with God's goodness, that you've been adopted into God's family. And he's a father, like I said, that is full of love, full of patience, and he's fully involved in your life, and he's never going anywhere. 
And I also want you to leave tonight knowing that you are a co-heir with Christ, that everything he has is yours. The life, the power, the healing, it's all yours. You did nothing but have everything. So I'm gonna go ahead and invite the band to come back up. And uh, I want you guys to stay seated for this song. And I want you to read these. And I want, like I said, I want them to sink in tonight while they play this song. Because here's the thing, why is this important? Because when it comes to your identity, the world's gonna try to call you a lot of things and try to label you a lot of things. And you need to know what the word of God says about you. You need a solid foundation to rest on. And so tonight, this may, this may be something you've heard for the first time, or maybe, you know, you're just now hearing these kind of things, or these might have been things that you've heard a million times, you know them like the back of your hand. Just be reminded of them tonight. If you feel like these are familiar, don't take these for granted. And so tonight, let them sink in. This is, this is truth straight from the word of God. This is truth for your life, truth about you and who God says you are. And so tonight, let these sink in, let these settle in, because these truths, they're not going anywhere. They're here to stay. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much tonight for the fact that we are your children, that we have your spirit, that we've been adopted into your family and we are co-heirs with Christ, that though we did nothing, we have everything. That's only because of your love, it's only because of your forgiveness and your grace and your goodness. So God, I pray right now, God, that we would have open hearts, God, to receive this news straight from the word of God that, that we are all of these things. This is who you say we are. So God, I pray these would sink in tonight, that they would pierce our hearts and they would shape and form who we are and who we see ourselves as. Not as what the world says, but as you say. We thank you, God, that you're a loving father. In Jesus' name, amen.